everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Hydrogen Nowcast, recorded on January 15th, 2021. Well, today is a special episode for two reasons. This is the first time recording live with our guests, social distance, of course, and I'll introduce them in a minute. And secondly, we're introducing a new organization which I'm a part of called New Day Hydrogen, LLC. Now, regular listeners will recall that in other Hydrogen Nowcast episodes, I expressed my purpose for creating the Colorado Hydrogen Network. Specifically, I felt that achieving the necessary decarbonization of transportation within a meaningful time frame would require electrifying the greatest number of vehicles possible, and that some use cases work better for hydrogen fuel cell EVs than battery EVs. Therefore, it became my purpose through the Colorado Hydrogen Network to begin linking the appropriate companies and people around the merits of hydrogen for transportation. So after a year of full-time work with CHN, I'm thrilled to announce that my links now extend to a startup company, which I'm a part of, to develop and finance projects around hydrogen transportation in Colorado. This new company is called New Day Hydrogen, as I mentioned, but before I tell you a little more about its purpose, let me first briefly introduce you to my partners in this venture. And the first is Patty Kelly. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Uh, as Brian said, we're all uh, partnering together for New Day Hydrogen. I am serving as Vice President and General Counsel, and I'm really excited to join this group to bring about hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicle technologies to Colorado. Well, thanks, Patty. And the next is Buford Barr. Hi, everyone. Uh, definitely excited to be here. Uh, really excited about this group and, and what we're targeting to do within Colorado and hopefully within the entire United States. Uh, I'll be the vice president of projects as we move forward with the implementation of, uh, of our overall program. Thanks, Buford. And next we have Seth Terry. Hi, Brian. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your podcast with us. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Well, glad to have you. And, and uh, listeners, you're going to hear a lot more from Patty and Buford and Seth in the podcast. But um, let me set the scene a little bit and kind of give you an overview of what we're doing. So I first started working with Patty, Buford, and Seth when they joined CHN all at about the same time as consulting members. And like I said, the primary objective of CHN is to advocate for infrastructure and projects to fuel hydrogen EVs. And this uh, deployment entails two things. First, engaging public and private shareholders around readiness to deploy hydrogen stations. And second, priming hydrogen fuel cell truck and bus users to be the first wave of customers to buy the hydrogen from these stations. Once a critical mass of five stations are established in Denver, the automakers will be willing to deploy passenger fuel cell EVs. Now, as a nonprofit organization, CHN really isn't set up to engage in the financial aspects of deploying stations. So Patty Buford and Seth and I decided to form New Day Hydrogen. Now, our team's primary motivation revolves around both our concern for the environment and our conviction that hydrogen technology is ready to play its part in mitigating climate change. So we've decided to devote our time and energy to getting fuel cell EVs deployed in Colorado and eventually the rest of the country. So with that introduction, let's uh, start inducing the other New Day Hydrogen members. You know, I, I really find it remarkable that such a motivated group of professionals are available full-time with complementary skills and would come together at the same place and time. So it's important to note that my role with the Colorado Hydrogen Network is not changing. I'll continue to build the network 
and help foster all of the CHN contacts from students to the largest businesses. But that said, I'm also excited about my new role with New Day Hydrogen as a Chief Technology Officer and Communications Director. But enough of me. Let me introduce my esteemed partners once again so you can hear some more from them. So first, uh, let me introduce Patty, who's our legislative liaison and general counsel and vice president, as she said. So welcome again, Patty. Well, thanks, Brian. So yes, I'm the attorney in the group, but they don't seem to hold that against me. So far, so good. Uh, just to give you guys an idea, I'm, uh, my background is that I have been a um, trial attorney working in Denver on business commercial cases, largely for the majority of my career. More recently, I turned to environmental policy and regulatory work. I do a lot of volunteering with environmental policy groups around town and work for nonprofits on a volunteer basis, which is actually how I came to meet Brian. So we both are serving on the executive committee of a group called Climate Reality. And for those of you who don't know, Climate Reality is Al Gore's group that trains leaders to educate on climate change and also lobby for policies at the federal and state uh, level to assist with addressing this climate crisis we're all facing. I heard Brian's presentation on hydrogen that he gave to our chapter in Denver, and I knew right away I wanted to be involved. As a battery EV user myself, I was aware of the limitations, and I was excited that hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles could operate more efficiently in cold weather, that they could refuel in three minutes, and they could handle steep terrain, because I had had difficulties with all of those three circumstances in the short time I had my battery EV. Although, don't get me wrong, I love it. <laughs> But nonetheless, it was great to hear that hydrogen electric vehicles are especially appropriate for trucks and for buses, and uh, I really just wanted to be involved. So I just kept uh, nudging Brian and saying, let's, let's move forward with this. Let's explore this and see if we can get a group together and get this launched. Well, thanks, Patty. You know, um, listeners, I, I thought that I was highly motivated, but... Uh, Patty is continually pushing me and the rest of the team to uh, kind of take it to the next level and get out there and do it. Uh, we all feel a sense of urgency for the, the climate situation. <laughs> so next, let me introduce uh, Buford Barr again, who's um, New Day Hydrogen's Vice President of Projects. Hey, Buford. Thanks for the introduction, Brian. Uh, you know, following Patty will not be easy, but I'll, I'll do my <laughs> darndest. Um, I'm a proud Texas Longhorn, Hook'em Horns. Uh, a couple of years ago, I got the opportunity to move myself and my family from the energy capital of the nation, Houston, Texas, up here to the outdoor mecca that is Colorado. And I, I jumped at it. Uh, you know, we've thoroughly enjoyed the people, the environment that make this area so special. Uh, have never looked back. I'm an engineer by education, trade, and some would argue personality. <laughs> I've been in the energy industry for my entire career, responsible for development of capital programs and projects across the U.S., Brian has often said that it was serendipity that brought this group together, and I believe he is spot on. With a downturn in the traditional energy industry, I was ready to move on to a new challenge in my career, and in step Brian. After several conversations, sparked by a casual introduction by a mutual friend, it was clear to me that I'd found my new pathway. You know, like a lot of folks, I had realized that we're at a nexus point, clearly needing to change how we approach energy to decarbonize our future. 
hydrogen as energy storage for renewables, and as an energy carrier for transportation seems like such an obvious piece of the evolving energy portfolio that I felt I had to be part of that transformation and in step New Day Hydrogen, and here I am. Well, thanks, Buford. Um, It is just really amazing how this group has come together. But, um, you know, listeners, with um, Buford's experience in corporate management, I'm continually impressed with his insight into solutions to problems and how to organize and frame those solutions. So really, you know, a very valuable member of the team. So, and last but certainly not least, uh, we have the CEO for New Day Hydrogen, Seth Terry. Welcome, Seth. Thanks, Brian. And thanks again for uh, sharing your venue with our group. Uh, also for being the nexus for all of us here. Uh, very happy to be here myself. Uh, you might recall the joke about finishing Netflix that circulated last spring and summer during our quasi-lockdown period. Well, truth be told, I kind of felt like I had finished my podcasts, or at least the ones on which I was geeking out related to climate and energy, which got me to digging and searching for something new. And lo and behold, I ran across your podcast and binged about eight or ten episodes in one sleepless night. The reason I was so interested was that several years ago, I had explored similar ideas around networking and investing in infrastructure with a dear friend and longtime hydrogen hero, Andrew Birmingham, who unfortunately is no longer with us. At any rate, I had been impressed by how much the conversation around hydrogen had expanded since I worked with Andrew, and I could not have been more excited to reach out to Colorado Hydrogen Network. I've been a clean tech entrepreneur pretty much for my entire career since receiving my doctorate in environmental science and engineering at the Colorado School of Mines. Since then, I've worked in biological wastewater treatment, alternative protein production, renewable energy, and grid edge efficiency. Now, with Patty, Buford, and you, I can't wait to advance hydrogen infrastructure here in the middle of the U.S., and in so doing, help connect clean transportation coast to coast. Well, thanks, Seth. You know, I have to say that I truly enjoy working with all three of you. Uh, You know, we work really well together, at least over Zoom. We'll we'll see how we do uh, live and in person, but I think it's going to be great. Yes, this is the first time we've all been together in the same room at a good distance. The same garage. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I I really appreciate, you know, the uh, perspective we each bring to the team too. I think, you know, it's a really well-balanced organization. So Why don't we switch gears a little bit and start talking about the activities of New Day Hydrogen. We can start by addressing why now is the right time and Colorado is the right place to deploy zero-emission hydrogen-powered electric vehicles. We can follow that with the plans that New Day Hydrogen has to carry out hydrogen deployment and our unique strategy in what we plan to do. And then why don't we wrap up by covering how we're moving forward. So, Seth, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Well, first off, let's note that we will match the vision for clean transportation with our manner of producing hydrogen, simply using water and electricity, which itself is increasingly derived from solar and wind sources, and makes Colorado a great place for this endeavor. As one of the fastest growing states with respect to new penetration by renewables and a strong commitment by utilities such as XL Energy, we enjoy favorable electricity pricing. Additionally, Colorado has now adapted a ZEV, or Zero Emission Vehicle Standard, meaning that by 2023, at least 5% of new cars and trucks sold must emit zero emissions. That's over 20,000 vehicles per year, and a great boost to improved air quality here in Colorado. 
Of course, many of these cars and trucks will be battery electric vehicles. However, for reasons that you have explained well in earlier podcasts, a significant number of new vehicle owners will be well served by choosing hydrogen fuel cell cars and trucks. For example, those wishing to travel to the high country and top off their tank quickly in cold weather, which may sound familiar to the 500,000 or so of us front rangers who enjoy skiing, hiking, biking, and other remote recreation. Of course, it's not all recreation, and working vehicles will also enjoy the same benefits. This is another way of saying that when it comes to decarbonizing transportation, zero-emission vehicles have to be considered from the user's perspective. When you stop to do that, you realize that we have to offer electric vehicles that provide the same performance and convenience as gas and diesel if people are going to choose to switch. New Day Hydrogen is focused on promoting the hydrogen market by developing, financing, and deploying accessible hydrogen infrastructure. Our initial objective, as we noted earlier, is to focus on transportation by deploying fueling stations in the Denver area with the ultimate intention of taking this successful approach across the West and Midwest. Down the road, so to speak, we are looking at ways to scale so as to reduce the cost of hydrogen and streamline transport and storage. Well, thanks, Seth. Very well said. Next, Buford, why don't you talk about the specific plans that New Day Hydrogen has for fuel stations? Okay, sounds good. Um, I want to start first with building the market from the supply side, from the fuel station side. New Day Hydrogen is making a conceptual change on what a fueling station is. We envision it as a clean, bright, a destination in and of itself. The New Day Energy Plaza. What is a New Day Energy Plaza, you might ask? First off, it's a place to fuel up your vehicle, obviously. Hydrogen for fuel cell electric vehicles, but also charging for battery electric vehicles. We view these as being complementary to each other, as Seth indicated, fulfilling the entire market availability. The hydrogen will be priced competitively with gasoline. It'll bring the the same benefits that you've always seen from gas, quick fill-up, long ranges, but will also, as I indicated, provide charging for the other electric vehicle, battery electric vehicles, fast charging, where you can pull in, charge up, and get a full charge within an hour or so. The hydrogen and the charging, as Seth indicated, will be powered from electricity from the grid, which is evolving towards a a carbon-free electricity, moving the supply towards green hydrogen. Now, due to the charging requiring 30-plus minutes, we really need the plaza to be, like I indicated, a destination, a place where customers want to spend time. We're looking at options such as an internet cafe, a food center, of having food trucks available where people can come in, sit down, have a meal, take a meal home, whatever works for them in their particular situation. How many are we talking about? As Brian indicated, we're looking at five of those. What's the magic number of five? As, as Brian also stole my thunder to a certain extent, the five is really what uh, the original manufacturers are looking at as being enough to support growth in the passenger vehicle market. Buford, if I could jump in just to say how excited I am about the concept of a charging station, a fueling station with other amenities, especially being a woman when you're on the road by yourself, it's nice to know there's a safe place you can pull in. And, and that's an excellent point. We want it to be bright. We want it to be safe. We want it to be basically bringing in everyone within, within the area uh, as a place to go, as a place to be. The next question, obviously, is when. Uh, you know, as, as Brian indicated early on, we're looking at doing a lot of this very soon, but clearly within the next 
two to three years having those five stations fully up and running. Uh, where? That's being evaluated, obviously, but to some extent, we envision those being along the big major corridors within Denver, 25, 70, 76, all the way up into the mountains, as uh, Seth indicated, to get folks going up to the mountains for skiing. Now, the other side of this, and, and one of the complexities in what we're doing is not only are we handling the supply side of this, but we also have to develop the demand side of it. And we're starting with trucks. They use more hydrogen per fill-up, so less vehicles are required to make the stations economically viable. The good thing, though, is if we start with the trucks, they'll provide the underlying skeleton, the underlying structure, allowing passenger vehicles to start coming into the market. Trucks tend to be heavier-duty vehicles, heavy vehicles, longer-range requirements with high usage, vehicles that can't afford long downtimes, which fits neatly into hydrogen's sweet spot. Yeah, we've engaged with truck suppliers and are working with Denver Metro users with help from clean cities to match their needs with the truck suppliers' capabilities, linking up that demand, that supply, growing hydrogen, and really allowing it to take off within the Denver area, the Colorado region, and then going on beyond that. Well, thanks, Buford. Um, now, lastly, why don't we turn to Patty so she can talk a little bit about how we're engaging with the various state agencies and the legislature and how we're going to really move our plans forward. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I mean, right now is a very exciting time to introduce clean energy technologies in Colorado. So just yesterday, you may or may not be aware of, Governor Polis released the Colorado's Greenhouse Gas Pollution Reduction Roadmap. That's a mouthful, but it basically means it's, it's Colorado's path to reduce carbon emissions. Now, interestingly, that roadmap was released earlier, I want to say uh, about three to four weeks ago, and there was a lot of pushback from environmental organizations in the community. And so they were kind of sent back to take a look and be a little bit more aggressive in moving forward to reduce carbon and reduce it faster. So uh, just some of the highlights of that reduction roadmap is that the state intends to move towards 100% renewable energy by 2040. And as Buford was telling us, you're only sort of as green as the grid. We'd love our hydrogen fuel to be green, so everything that the state can do and anything we can do to help to green that grid uh, we think is really important part of this process. Now, this reduction roadmap comes in the wake of 2019's House bill out of our state legislature, 1261, and that requires a 26% reduction by 2025 in greenhouse gas emissions, 50% by 2030, and 90% by 2050. And this is a reduction from 2005 levels. Now, a significant part of the plan as set out by the state is replacing older vehicles with zero emission vehicles. So we feel like we're kind of in the right place at the right time. I don't know if any of you guys want to jump in there. Oh, absolutely. No question. <laughs> yeah. um, so in our arena, the roadmap anticipates incentivizing the shift to zero emission vehicles through tax benefits and other incentives. And I take one of the most important part of my jobs is helping those public stakeholders understand that hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles need to be part of that conversation. 
In addition to the roadmap, or I should say one of the other ways I spend a lot of my time is working with state representatives and state senators towards promoting clean energy type bills and and hoping to get funding and incentives so that we can partner maybe with public stakeholders to bring our vision to light. In that vein, I've been uh, working with Senator Faith Winter's office on including hydrogen fuel cell EVs and infrastructure on her transportation funding bill, which she will release in February. Uh, For those of you who don't know, our legislature is only gaveling in for a few days in January, and then they're going to close down because of COVID and then try to come in for their regular session in February. So that's when uh, most of the climate bills you're going to see for the first time. So we'll be tracking that, and we'll be doing education and outreach to assist with those matters. So I'll just uh, add in here, I'm really excited to hear about uh, that Colorado roadmap, and I am struck by 2040 being fewer than 20 years away for us right now. And you know, towards that end, it's really exciting to be part of the electrification of transportation industry, um, along with our brothers and sisters in the battery electric vehicle world, um, because it's there's a lot of work to be done in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I agree. And what's interesting, when I I mentioned that there was pushback on the initial release of the roadmap, that pushback came from uh, the state's ideas about increasing some oil and gas activity, despite the fact that reduction in emissions is important. Transportation, everybody's in agreement on. Everybody's in agreement on moving towards electrification of our transportation. So I think there's definitely a lot of room for us to work with public stakeholders. Just so I I should add that we're also doing outreach and education to the decision makers at uh, CDOT, the Colorado Energy Office. We work very closely with the Division of Oil and Public Safety, and uh, I hope to work with the CDPHE, which is the Colorado Department of Public Health and the Environment. And we want to make them aware that hydrogen fuel cell EVs can solve a lot of the problems that they're going to face as they try to incentivize, especially truck users, to come over to use electric vehicles. Of course, (laughs) we've also reached out to transit authorities in that vein. So we're also talking to Vail, we're talking to Roaring Fork, we're talking to especially mountain communities that will struggle with battery EV buses because of the cold weather and some of the limitations we've been discussing. And I think you've been discussing throughout the length of this pod, these podcasts that Brian's been putting on. So... And I spend a little time on regulatory work. I feel like I'm taking more than my fair share, but they've been keeping me pretty busy. (laughs) Keep going. So we're we're trying to understand the developments as they happen and uh, the possibility of partnering by monitoring what's going on in the Air Quality Control Commission and also keeping an eye on what's going on with the COGCC, which is the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Committee. So, as well as clean energy think tanks, we are trying to become a presence in our community. We're trying to let people know that hydrogen EVs are out there and infrastructure is something that we're going to move forward on, and we'd love all the help we can get. Well, thanks, Patty. Well, listeners, I think you can see that uh, Patty's really on fire and uh, really appreciate her enthusiasm as well as her knowledge and her background. 
So, um, you know, as, as you were talking and you mentioned ski areas, it reminded me of uh, the company Prinoth, P-R-I-N-O-T-H, which has come out with a, a hydrogen-powered snowcat for grooming the slope. So excited to see that. That's over in Europe. We'll have to see if we can get that over here. So I think we're probably on the way to wrapping things up. Are there any other thoughts uh, that have come up that we want to add? I'll just uh, point out uh, that, you know, really we as, with, uh, as being proponents of hydrogen fuel cell uh, vehicles are very much in lockstep with, uh, with the folks in battery electrification as well. And that there are just places where hydrogen fuel cells are going to have some market advantage, just like there are going to be places that, where batteries are going to have advantages. On that note, one of the things that I think is important to consider here is accessibility. And there are just simply uh, some people who do not have uh, the wherewithal to have the space uh, for their own charging infrastructure in their homes. And this is a way that uh, I see they're being able to participate as part of the decarbonization of transportation as well. Right. We need both because we need to decarbonize every single vehicle out there. And the, the people in, that live in apartments can't charge. Um, exactly. So there's just a lot of use cases. And that's, that's why we need both. And that's your point. But. And to your point also, it's not just cars, trucks. It's the other vehicles that are out there. It's the heavy construction equipment. It's the snowcats that are, that are grooming the mountains. All of those combine into this. I think you've, you've always used the term from motorcycles all the way up to trucks. And it's everything in between. Uh, so, you know, every, it's everything that we've got to convert over to, to non-carbon. So and we can definitely set up a fueling station in Vail to handle those uh, snowcats. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to the day I don't have to breathe the exhaust from my lawnmower or my chainsaw <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or my snowmobile. There you go. So. Yes, when, uh, in the discussions that we've had with some of the community members in Vail, they're very excited about the possibility if there's a hydrogen fuel cell infrastructure up there that they can use it. Apparently, they use diesel on a couple of the lifts. They're definitely using it for grooming, and I think they use it some diesel somewhat in snow making. So, you know, they're so excited to just kind of uh, clear the air up there and try to go completely with electrification. Well, we're going to help. So... All right. I think with that, let's wrap it up. So listeners, you can find out more about New Day Hydrogen at www.newdayhydrogen, that's all one word, .com. And as always, you can link to the Colorado Hydrogen Network at www.colorado-hydrogen.org, where you'll also find show notes for the podcast. So listeners, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please subscribe to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. You know, a good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin. Patty Kelly. Seth Terry. And Buford Barr. Wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye. Thank you.